we say it's our client 20 year mm. vision. And mm-hmm. that's what we ideally want to see folks with a paid for or near paid for home by the time they get out. And really the whole premise behind that is making it so that ideally by the time you get out of the military, be that in five years or 20 years, housing is less of a burden on you monthly than anything else. Because when you're getting out, I've been through that transition. Welcome to the Bluff Finance Podcast. I'm Eric Baskin, an Air Force Academy graduate, turned veteran entrepreneur and certified financial planner. I help military families and veteran business owners achieve financial freedom. Join us weekly as we explore financial tips for the military community and inspiring interviews from successful veteran business owners. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. We have Evan Kaufman on today, a 2013 USAFA Econ graduate. Got out in 2018 to start WeVet Home Loans, where they help military members find and finance their homes around the country, focusing specifically on VA loans. So I wanted to have him on the show to talk about VA loans and, and all kinds of helpful tips and some myths, some pros and cons, and, and just go deep on this stuff. So welcome to the show, Evan. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Eric. Really looking forward to it with you. Awesome. Well, tell the folks a little bit about yourself, I guess, and you know what, what you're up to, what, what got you interested in this, in this business, and, and kind of what you guys are doing over at WeVet. Great. Definitely. Well, I ended up graduating the academy back in 2013, went right into getting my license. I got stationed out in Dayton, Ohio in the Air Force. Absolutely loved it. I was a contracting officer, worked on the acquisition side, really enjoyed it a whole lot and ended up getting my real estate license though, right when I'd got there and used it really to purchase investment properties. So started growing that portfolio and then ultimately just helping some other friends along the way. They'd see me fixing up one of the four units that we would get in, in turn and change over and they asked me, hey, can you help me find another another place? So I started buying investment properties for guys and then ultimately turned into single family homes. And what then would happen is guys would end up leaving from Wright Pat where we were at in Dayton and moving to another location. So one day, a good friend of mine just asked me, hey, I'm moving to Colorado Springs. Can you tell me about buying a house? And so I made a little presentation. We talked it over, showed him it. And he just said, hey, can you find me you there? And that was, God, probably seven, eight years ago now. And I thought, you know what? I think I can find that. And there might be a business in that as well. Just serving guys that are PCS and all over. So that's what initially started WeVet Realty back in the day, helping connect military families with real estate agents that understand military needs. So that business now has been official as WeVet for a little over five years now and growing. And then we, like we like to say, we brought consistency to some of the PCS process mm-hmm. because we realized connecting with a good agent is part of that. It's really important, right? I mean, you might get your base sponsor that yeah. captain major yeah. or sergeant there who's going to help show you the area, but they maybe have only been there for a few months or maybe at most a couple of years, right? Themselves. So we quickly learn that real estate agents often are some of your biggest upfront people that help you integrate into an area. So that's where we just saw that being really important. So as we did that for years, it grew, worked out really well, had some wonderful partners in that to start it. And it's just been a lot of fun to build. But then in the, in the past year, we really figured out, hey, what's the next part that's a painful piece of the PCS process? And the feedback we would get from all our clients was, hey, connecting with an agent's great, but the financing piece, having consistency in the financing, especially VA loans. You go from a place like somewhere in Washington, D.C. or just the Virginia area where a lot of folks understand VA loans, for example, but then you all of a sudden go to a location like you get stationed in L.A., L.A. Air Force Base. 
where very few folks oh, understand yeah. the VA oh, yeah. and understand what it's like to work with it. So we started to notice this massive inconsistency for lending for clients. And the opportunity came across for us actually from some past clients that we had from WeVet and ultimately helped one of their, their parents help show us, hey, here's how you can build that and build a home loans business to cater to those folks. So I stepped out officially, WeVet Realty, the side company with agents to build WeVet Home Loans. And the whole goal with it is to bring consistency to that lending process for active duty military. And we focus on VA loans. And because we focus almost exclusively on active duty and military families, mm -hmm. it lowers our risk, which means you get really competitive rates. We close very quickly because it's all our focus. Average 21 close days helps really make those short-term orders that you got to get to your next location worthwhile. And it's just been a blast ever since. So that's a little bit of background of how that started, where we ended up for here. And now going forward, it's just, hey, how many families can we serve? Our goal is to really be one of the predominant VA lenders for active duty families. I love it. I love I love the approach because it's, it's like, it, you got, I just love how you started to think bigger instead of just like, oh yeah, I'm just going to help guys at Wright Pat or wherever buy and buy these houses and sell. Like it was like, oh, people are moving. And if I can develop a relationship with them, they're going to move, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Yeah. PCS is in a military career. Like, well, why wouldn't they just keep going to you uh -huh. to, to help you or to help them find not only a good agent, but now the adding the lending piece in is is huge, I would imagine, for yeah. for just providing the services and being kind of that one-stop shop. Hey, Evan, I'm I'm moving again. Like I know we worked together three years ago, but like like now I'm going to Colorado Springs. Like help me out, man. Like what do, what do I need to do? So I I just love it. That's exactly. Yeah, it. I love how you've provided that. Like truly, like especially now in 2023, right? We're post COVID, where that truly virtual national brand that can work with folks all throughout the country. Mm -hmm. That's it. Bringing it across the board. And I mean, it was loved selling there. I mean, yeah. I was at the peak of that. It was selling 60, 80 homes, properties a year to folks there. And in Dayton, Ohio, a vast majority of that active duty. But then you're right. You'd move and go away. And then seeing the lending side of what we could build and help folks. Yeah, we were helping them connect them on the agent side to the realty in, which was good, but not as involved. Yeah. But the loan side has really allowed us now to serve those folks directly. For sure. Because Unlike connecting them with agents and then the agents will take it from there, we actually do the lending. Yeah. Fund the loans, handle the whole process. So you're working, for example, you could be working with me as loan officer Evan, helping you do that VA loan, which has just been wonderful because now all of a sudden all those connections and folks we've worked for in the past, we now get to work for them again when they're going to Virginia, Florida, Texas, California, wherever it might be, right? Which we really loved. Well, and I, so, it, I think fun. it's good too because you know the way I understand it too. Like if I'm doing a loan through you guys, you might you also know the best agents in the area. So like it, it's this team that's connected, right? Like it's not this disjointed thing yeah. where I'm grabbing an agent off Google and a loan officer for my buddy. These are like these are this is almost like a one stop shop to have that connected team. I'm working with you know you guys on the loan side, and then yeah. I, and then you guys are referring me to this agent that you've worked with for you know, a year or decades, right? You, you hit it on the head. Now we're two separate businesses. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So technically it's Weave at Realty yep. and then Weave at Home yeah, Loans. Yeah. Legally got have all Absolutely. this stuff and we built it that way. You're right. But the beauty of it is, like you say, we do as a brand, as a whole, yeah. we like to say we have three uniques. One's a long-term approach mm -hmm. with a 20-year client vision. I'm sure we're going to hit on that as we talk like the finance yeah, part yeah. of it all. But then number two is really our triangle of experience is what we like to call it. Three of a kind. Yeah. And that's, we have a background in loans, selling real estate and being in the military. There are plenty of real estate agents 
who might have been in the military, but they don't understand the lending piece. There's plenty of loan officers who might have been in the military, may didn't understand real estate. And there's plenty of really good lenders and real estate agents, but they maybe weren't in the military. We're a little unique in that all three of those come together. When you're working with our company, we have an idea of all three. And then lastly, of course, you said it, one of our little trademarked lines, I should say close to trademarked lines is one stop for every PCS. Yeah, that's awesome. that's the whole goal. You can come to us and you can be connected through the realty side of Thweebit Realty, the home loans through Weebit Home Loans, and we have all the resources. We have one of the highest rated BAH calculators that we just rolled out about six, seven months ago. Now, when you Google BAH calculator, you're going to see us at the bottom of the first page now out of thousands of results and moving up. We're the only ones out there with a BAH mortgage calculator. It's the only calculator that we're aware of, period, that takes BAH and integrates it with a mortgage calculator so that you can actually see, hey, is BAH covering everything or not? And the reason why you're not going to see that from any other lender is because we like we like to say we whole hog on working for military. So it's like you have BAH in there. For 99% of people out there, they're like, what the heck's BAH? What's Ba? What's Ba? Yeah. I've been asked that. Before. What's Ba? And I'm like, Ba. Yeah. B A H. And so integrating that, right? So we've just decided to go all in on that and make sure that we have that focus. So it's been really cool. That's awesome. And like you said, yep, one stop for every PCS. Do you have questions about money and wonder if you're on the right track? Visit BaskinFP.com to complete a five minute form of your financial situation. After that, I will send you a personalized video reviewing your financial scorecard and some ideas for improvement. If you want your free assessment and suggestions for the way forward, head over to baskinfp.com slash assessment. That's, that's great. I'm going to have to check that out. I will link that in the show notes for anyone listening to go check out that mortgage calculator. Yeah. I want to get it. I want to get into out to Matt. Okay. I want to get into VA loans. Now, like just start off, I guess some of the, I'd like to know, like what are some of those misconceptions or myths that like folks are a little bit confused about when it comes to VA loans? Like what are, uh, you know, you that average, you know, first maybe that first time VA loan user. What are what do they not really understand about the process and about the loan? Definitely, lots of things we can always hit on that. As of course, right out the gate, I'm going to say we've now taken all the material we've had and rolled it onto our YouTube channel. So we have a whole bunch of good stuff there. VA loan crash course, all that we hit on. But I'd say some of the major things really stem from just understanding what the heck the VA loan is and where it comes yeah. from. So like a lot of folks don't even know maybe where it came from in the first place. And it stems back from World War II. All hmm. these guys and gals were coming back from overseas or they were here stateside and they were serving in the military. And towards the end of World War II, uh, Congress did one really good thing right and recognized we literally have millions of members that we need to reintegrate back into society. And so they passed the Service Member Relief Act of 1944. Now, that act had a lot of good stuff in it. It even had like loans for helping vets start businesses and all that kind of stuff. But the two big ones that still remain today, the VA home loan guarantee, what we like to say the VA loan, and then GI Bill, right? We're all familiar with GI Bill for the most part too, that if you're active or or a vet. So those are the two big ones that still remain. And that's where it stems from, World War II. Pretty neat thing that just when you understand that alone, you start to see, okay, the whole goal of this is to help military members integrate into society, and ideally, ultimately, have a good foundation for their life, right? Now, the thing with that as well, understanding is it's changed over all those years. Over the decades, it's changed dramatically. So when we answer a lot of myths, it's usually because in the past, it might have been true. Like literally just four years ago, 
there were limits on the VA loan. Like you were capped at certain limits that you had to worry about with the county loan limits and calculating, hey, we had 0% down at certain levels. But that's changed. In 2020, there was a big law passed that changed it to where there really are no VA loan limits. If you have what's called full entitlement, you can go get a two, $3 million VA loan, 0% down if you want. Just four years ago, not the case, right? So it's changed consistently. But those major myths that we get from folks right up front, I'd say the big one to go after is a lot of folks assume the VA actually does the loan. So when you say, oh, I got a VA loan, it's like the VA gave me that loan. Not the case. And to be honest with you, real estate agent, selling 68 homes a year, dealing with that all the time, most of that being VA loan business. I didn't even fully understand how it worked. The basics of it, though, is that really the VA doesn't fund the loan. How it works is lenders make the loan. So we're still, we're the ones tasked with evaluating the risk for doing your loan. And the VA kind of operates more as almost think of it like an insurance company. They're not the ones actually funding a loan, but they're kind of, they're insuring the loan. And that's why it's called the VA home loan guarantee, not the VA loan funding. So what the VA does for lenders is they say, hey, lenders, here's our guidelines for a VA loan guarantee. And as long as you meet these, and if there's any defaults or there's any issues on it, we're going to guarantee up to 25% of the losses on that loan. So that's how that one works. It's essentially, think of it in mindset, it's an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. So the big one there, what that means with clients, myths, VA doesn't fund it. And then the truth of it is individual lenders fund it. And what that means is there's really no clearly defined black and white or clear checkboxes on what qualifies for a VA loan because every lender treats it slightly different. There's those minimums that the VA loan essentially throws out there. And then every lender kind of has their parts, their, their extra, what they call overlays. Think of it as restrictions on top of that. And the big one that'll lead me into kind of one of the next myths is, oh, the VA loan has a 680, 700 credit score requirement. Not the case. VA loan, they're actually fine. We see some lenders that we can broker things out to go down to 500 credit scores on it, but not true on having a real credit restriction. The VA loan is very forgiving on credit. That's a lender specific thing. We often work with folks with 580 plus. Now, most people we see are going to be 660 plus, but we can go down below that. So one of those things that if you're told, hey, your credit's not good on VA loan, just know that that's something to be aware of. Hey, that's more of a lender overlay versus an actual VA restriction. The other, so myth number one, VA funding it. Myth number two, things like credit. There's other things too, calculating income. They'll let you use gift funds. Just think of it this way. If you're told you don't qualify for a VA loan, you might want to get a second opinion. That's what it really comes down to. You're told, hey, you don't qualify. Go check it again. Because VA loans represent, depending on the year, they're typically less than 10% of all loans done in a year. Yeah. So it's a small subset, right? So for most lenders that you might be working with, it's like the redheaded stepchild in the corner. And as I always like to say, it's not the VA loans are harder to do from the lending side, from underwriting, processing, all that stuff. It's just different. And so think about it this way. If nine out of 10 of your loans are done one way, and then one of your loans has to be done a different way, your lender, how are you going to treat that one that's kind of that, that out there sheep? You might not treat it as well as you necessarily treat the nine others that you have. Right. So that leads us to another, our next major myth. And that's that the VA loan 
has an equal to or higher interest rate than other loan types. The VA loan should, because what we just talked about, that guarantee that the VA gives lenders is tremendous. It's almost like you're not getting a down payment, but as lenders, we see it as, by golly, we've already got a 25% essentially like equity protection no matter what if you if you default on this loan. But because of that, we as lenders should be able to lend on VA loans at a significantly better interest rate. But a lot of places don't do that because the VA loan, like we just talked about, it's kind of that redheaded step. It's, it's out there on the corner on its own. It's the one in 10. So to make up for that, they end up charging the same or even more on their interest rate versus a conventional loan when it should be less. We typically see a quarter to even over a full percentage point difference on the interest rate for a VA loan versus a conventional loan. It's incredible. Wow. So one of the big myths there is that VA loans, you might occasionally hear VA loans has good interest rates or okay. It should have significantly better. There's a few scenarios. We can talk about that gladly later because I know you were like, hey, when when is VA loan not the right spot? And there are definitely yeah. um, times when the VA loan is not necessarily the right the right loan type to use. And we're happy to admit that. A lot of places won't that do a lot of VA loans. But yes, there are times where it shouldn't be used. But in, mo- in most scenarios, it's going to have your best rate. Now, that leads next to the other heavy myth that we have a personal, say, personal vendetta against or something we're against. For a lot of people that know me personally, I'm actually not a huge guy or big believer and being overextended, having yeah. too much debt, yep. if you really know me personally. Ironic, right? We do VA yeah, yeah. one loan type that you can do zero and down on. And this is where, for me, dead serious, Eric, yeah. I assumed VA loans at one point until, I mean, I was selling real estate and didn't fully understand it, but that finally hit me at one point. Holy cow, you can put money down on a VA <laughs> loan. And ain't nobody ever told me that. And it makes sense, I guess. No one ever told me that, probably, because as a lender, you technically make more by the loan value, so I put money down. It's not a good thing. And then, of course, you hear all the folks that are like, oh, hey, you can invest it at 7%, yeah. but get it lent at 2%, which I understand that right now, though. It's, yeah. hey, you're, you're at 5 to 7% for the loan. Is that really much better? But point being, you can put money down on a VA loan, and in fact, you're incentivized to do so by the VA. So the VA charges what's called a VA funding fee on every VA loan. doesn't matter. Every lender's charged the same fee. It comes directly from the VA, and that's the fee that they like to say helps them keep the program running because you can do less than 20% down and not have private mortgage insurance, not get penalized. You can do less than 20% down and get a significantly better interest rate, which is just kind of weird. You don't see that on other, on like conventional loan types, but they say, Hey, you got this VA funding fee. Now that VA funding fee, the only way to have it go down is if you put money down, you happen to have VA disability compensation, which the VA estimates roughly that around half of all veterans should have 10% or greater disability. So most vets who are already out already get it waived. And that's what we do see through actual practice and working with the veteran side. We see most of it get waived. So that's another one we can gladly hit on is, hey, making sure you take that VA VA claims process very seriously. Mm -hmm. It's an important one. We find ourselves mediating a lot of guys through that. Very important. But by bringing it down, especially for the active duty side, right? If you're using that VA loan for the first time, the funding fee is 2.15%. But if you put 5% down, they drop that funding fee to 1.5%. You put 10% down, they cut it to 1.25%. So not a huge savings, but some savings. Yeah. Where the real savings sticks in is on your, what they call subsequent use, second, third, fourth, fifth use of the VA loan. Because that's another myth. Yes, you can use a VA loan multiple times. 
In fact, you can have a lot of VA loans outstanding. We've helped a guy get his third VA loan. We even have wow. other clients on the real estate side that have had four outstanding VA wow. loans, like four active yeah. VA loans. But for, for this sake, if you're going to buy for your subsequent use, that VA funding fee jumps up to 3.3%. So it's a lot higher. But if you put 5% down, you chop it down to 1.5%. You're making almost an instant right. 40% savings one time, but you're making it right away. So as I always like to tell folks, hey, putting money down on a VA loan is not crazy because here's why, especially for that 5%, you get the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah. You chop that funding fee down towards real minimum. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm glad you said uh, that. No, you got me going. no, 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 please. I love it. But I'm glad you said that about putting money down because I think that's something, something I talk about with folks a lot. That people don't really think about. They just yeah. do, they're going, yeah, I'm going to do VA and like just roll that funding fee into the loan. Like they don't even think about it. But it's like, hey, if you put down 5%, mm-hmm. 10%, whatever it is, your ROI on that, your instant ROI of avoided funding fee. Oh, by the way, and avoided interest because you're not, yeah. you're loaning, you're right, you're taking out lower loan on that house. You have some equity in that house. You've now lowered your risk, your overall risk, right? When you're talking about like how much debt should you yep. carry. So I, I think that's something that people need to think about because people might have cash from whatever it may be, just savings or, you know, they, they PCS, they get paid, like whatever it is, putting it down on that house might make sense. And just because, especially when you look at, if you take a full VA loan and then you go and take that, that cash and go buy, like, let's just say, I'm not going to pick on things, but let's just say a Tesla or a truck, right? Like a depreciating asset. Like <laughs> yeah, now yeah. you're in more debt on your house and now you're, you've got another asset that's depreciated. <laughs> so like, these are financial turning points. Really? They are. Uh, they're inflection points. <laughs> Eric, <laughs> Do you have a Tesla? Did, Eric, I, did you I say that? something? No, 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 oh, no, no, no. But you saying that again, uh, we're very similar, right? Mm-hmm. Academy guys, econ majors. I got my MBA focused in finance. Same. So did I. And yes, writing the numbers, right? It's wonderful. Awesome. Awesome. Same page for that. Okay. So that means usually when younger me, yeah. pre-selling hundreds of homes or thousands. For sure. Buying loans, all the stuff together. Like, all right, it sounds great to think, save the money, go invest it, get the higher percentage points. But I've seen so many times, behave, really personal finance is 90% behavior. Oh, yeah. It's more behavior than it is actual sure. than what you think the math is. And how often have I seen folks say, hey, I'm not going to put that 5% down. I'm going to go invest it otherwise. Well, yes, that could potentially work well. How often have I seen that turn into the new Tesla in the driveway, like you said? So it's one of those unique deals where seen it many times before that sometimes we need to make sure we need to t- set our behaviors yeah. beforehand and not just always look at the hard math. Yeah. Right? And that's one of those things that has it. Now I'm in, I'm in the camp totally of how we usually see that work out for most folks. Cause you know, we're not working with folks. We've been around, I've been doing this long enough now for nearly a decade. Yeah. And we have the real estate part of it for helping folks with their third and even fourth PCS. And so what we typically will see there is if it's your first buy, that VA funding fee is a little bit lower. So that's a plus, especially like our new, our new airmen, our new lieutenants coming out of the commissioning source. Okay. You don't have the 5%. All right. Where we typically see that come into play is when they're going to do their second or third home purchase. Cause then that's where you get that biggest bang for your buck and the 5% makes sense. In the past few years, we've been very fortunate that we've had the appreciation we've had. And the whole reason where we take kind of that, we're happy to tell folks that you can put money down. The reason why we're happy on that is because we kind of, I mean, hinted at it earlier, our long-term vision. We say it's our client 20-year mm. vision. And mm-hmm. that's what we ideally want to see folks with a paid for, near paid for home by the time they get out. 
And really the whole premise behind that is making it so that ideally by the time you get out of the military, be that in five years or 20 years, housing is less of a burden on you monthly than anything else. Because when you're getting out, I've been through that transition. You know, a lot of folks go through that transition. The housing payment, the debts you have are the things that bind you to choosing a particular job, profession, where you want to live, right? So having gone through that myself and helped so many other folks go through that, we recognize that if you can minimize that housing as a burden, again, paid for, near paid for, or really the concept there is you don't have to worry as much about your house. Go buy a smaller house. That's fine too. The whole point is making it so that you can go, if you want to go pursue that next job, pursue that next career, you can. How many friends have I had that they've just had too much debt, too much stuff piled against them? They get out and realize, wait, civilian side, maybe it pays not quite as good as I thought. I have to go take that job that I maybe didn't want to go take. They always talked about how they didn't want to go right back to their Air Force job and they find themselves in a GS position, almost the same, right? How often does that happen? Sadly, it happens a lot. So we kind of had that premise of how have we thought, can we help active duty folks while they're in, active duty clients, build wealth so that when they get out, they're not, housing is not the reason that forces them into a career Mm -hmm. or to a location that they don't really desire. And that's where I think we are completely unique. Yeah. We think that one through. Very yeah, that is, have the numbers I back. can tell that you thought that through because that is very unique. You you certainly, yeah. you certainly don't hear that from, from any other lenders yeah. out there. I, I mean, nobody's really thinking that broadly and that like mission focused on, hey, we care about you over, mm-hmm. you know, a long period of time. We're talking decades. I, I don't care about making the most money off you on this transaction. I actually want you to be educated, to build wealth, to end up in a better spot than when I first met you. Like that's that's awesome. I and I'm glad you brought up the the you know having you know when you get out basically you're chaining yourself with the debt because it's it's true and it's true with living expenses too. Mm-hmm. When you just think of that, like mm-hmm. just from a planning perspective, like the less you, you know the the less you can spend, not only the more you can save and the more options you're going to have when you get out, but then it's like this compounding thing where you spend if you spend a thousand dollars less every month. You can save a thousand dollars more. That puts you at your financial freedom numbers mm-hmm. sooner, and then you le- you need less to retire on because your cost of living is. Low. It's like it's like this weird, like compounding thing that, like wow, if you can if you, if you can keep your debts under control, you're you're gonna have just endless options. Like you said, be able to do what you love, not have to go work for a job. Uh, maybe you end up back in that GS job that you said you weren't gonna end up in, <laughs> but you're able to go Which, do what you want. Another old yeah. job, eh? That's what I always say. I used to be like, God, yeah, I thought now. Plenty of friends, there's GS jobs, love, yeah. and a lot of good. We got a lot of good clients. GS, wonderful. But most of the time, yeah. when we're getting out, we're not intending on for that, sure. right? You've been in that process. You're seeing guys for that. It's like you're not intending on going for sure. right back to it. And I will argue there is, we put when transitioning out, when I was doing that, now it's been, I mean, that was 2018, right? We're five years, over five years for making that decision, six years of decision. We put sometimes so much emphasis on the finance side of mm-hmm. it that we sometimes forget as transitioning vets how impactful the mental side is going to be. And that's one thing now I've been out longer noticing just, wow, how much there really is. You get hit by like a freight, a mental freight train. And it comes maybe in that three month to year mark out in just so many different thoughts of was this right? Was this not the struggle when you're financially, when you're worried about the finances on top of just the mental side, it really compounds itself. And that's where we've just seen, Hey, 
if you can work while you're in the military to make it so that the financial struggles aren't as big when you get out, that will make the mental side significantly easier to overcome. And in fact, excel through yeah. and be excited and happy with what you're doing. Yeah. So been big for Absolutely. Us. No, I, I love big. that. You're, you guys are almost like almost acting like pseudo financial planners with these folks talking about talking about these I'm not I'm not going to put that title. That to you. Call Eric. I'm not going to put that title. Call, call Eric. But like call, you guys are you guys are helping. I mean it's it's good cuz you're seeing, you know, what's going on with these folks' lives and, and helping them make better decisions. I mean it's no it's awesome. Do you feel overwhelmed and need more personalized help with your finances? Book a call at baskinfp.com/start and we can see if we are a mutual fit to work together. At the very least, we can have a productive conversation and if we're not a fit I'll find the best way forward for you. That's baskinfp.com slash start for a quick intro call with me. So as someone progresses throughout their career, let's say they start to put 5% down Mm -hmm. on a house. Maybe the next house, it's 10. The next house, hey, I've got 20. Like Evan, interest rates are 7%. Does a conventional, (laughs) like does a conventional mortgage maybe make sense for me this time around? Like, well, what do you, like, how do I think through that? Great question. And that's the typical adage you'll hear is, oh, hey, if you got 20% down, you should go conventional. And I would say possibly, possibly. And again, that kind of goes back to that. It goes back to the, well, are rates better with VA loan or not better VA loan? And that goes back to it's very lender dependent. So a lot of your large, a lot of lenders out there essentially will charge the same VA conventional or you're going to see almost the same, maybe a hair better on VA. When, like we talked about there a little bit ago, it's because it kind of helps. They get paid a little more on it. It helps offset the cost for doing that one in 10 loans. Whereas we're built strictly VA, conventional, that's yeah. it. That's all we're doing. So the deal there is for knowing, hey, is that 20% down worthwhile to go conventional is you got to compare the two. And you got to compare that. It's very lender specific. Obviously, I'd love you to do that comparison with me. But with any lender you're working with, you got to do that comparison. Hey, I'm looking at this home. I got 20% down. Like we can compare three things side by side. So you see them very clearly. Little circle rings, all the numbers, three of them side by side. Most places should be able to at least do two. So if we're going to go conventional or VA, we put those side by side. Now, where I tell folks that the conventional can really start to be very competitive with the VA loan is when three things happen. Number one, you're putting at least 20% down and really 25% down. But 20% down plus is where you start asking that question a little bit more. You want to start looking at it thoroughly. Number two is credit. Used to be, and you might know this one or think about it, it used to be 740 plus credit. That's mm-hmm. what you hear for, for, for the home loans. By the way, for VA, our best rates kick in at 660 plus. Again, VAs, they have traditionally lower default risk than a lot of other loan types. 660 plus, so it's, it's lower. It's also because you have that 25% guarantee no matter what your credit score is. But anyways, that aside, for conventional loans, credit score does really come into yeah. play. And it used to be 740 plus. But earlier this year, if you heard all the, the hubbub about is the government changing people who have better credit versus bad credit? If you've heard of the term LLPA, loan level pricing adjustment debacle, where the government changed the process. Technically, the government kind of did and didn't. They really told the government entities that buy up most of the loans or pseudo government entities that buy up all the loans to change how they adjust their risk. And so now 780 plus is where you get your best okay. rates. So if you have a 780 plus credit score, you're putting 20, 25% down or more. And lastly, if you're comparing it to a VA loan, if you're subject to the VA funding fee, meaning that you have to pay it, 
if those three are all true, you're over 780, you're bringing that high down payment and you are subject to the funding fee, then the conventional loan can be, for us, generally is going to be very competitive. It'll be very close because you have that higher down payment and you have that higher credit score. The rate is generally going to be pretty darn close to a VA loan. Typically, it's still not quite there, but it's usually really close. Okay. And plus of that is you don't, because you're subject, remember, on the other, with that, fu- that funding fee, you don't have a VA funding fee on a conventional loan. So then the potential lower closing costs of a conventional could offset the VA. But now here's the thing I tell folks. If you're going into the purchase, there's really two phases of a, of a mortgage or of, a home, of, a, of owning a home. And a lot of folks don't quite think of it this way. There's the purchase phase, and then there's the owning it phase. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about loans, that's really purchasing it and then potential for refinance when you own it. If you are going into the purchase and the conventional and VA are equal, meaning let's say their rates are, are, are almost identical and you don't have, you have that VA funding fee, but then conventional you don't, but the slightly better interest rate kind of makes it equal. And you're like, okay, hey, these are very close. The argument I'll still make for VA loan that I didn't understand until getting into really doing VA mm-hmm. loans is a VA loan is the only loan type that has the ability to do what's called an interest rate reduction refinance loan. It's incredible. It's the only loan where you can restructure and refinance your rate without an appraisal, without income verification, and even without checking your credit score. I should take that back and say without having a certain credit score, because like we got to check it just to make sure you didn't miss a payment. It's absolutely nuts. Wow. What does that exactly mean? It means that if even home values plummet and drop 30%, doesn't matter doing a VA interest rate reduction loan. So if rate, if your home values plummet and interest rates plummet at the same time, you can still do this refinance and take advantage of lower rates. It means that if you decide to get out of the military, this is where it's huge, especially for guys who are, you're kind of your group, 2018, yeah. right? Debating on getting in, staying yep. in or getting out. If you got a VA loan and you get out and you decide that you want to go start your own business, mm-hmm. by the way, I'm sure we're going to talk on that some, <laughs> makes it harder to get a loan. Yeah. <clears throat> if you were going conventional, it'd be really hard to get your refinance done. But with VA, they don't even care about income. You could even lose your job and still do the VA streamlined refinance and reduce your rate. And then lastly, credit score doesn't matter. If your credit got blown up, that's okay. The key is we just got to look to make sure you made your payments. It's absolutely insane. Some folks are like, Evan, that sounds terrible. Well, think of it this way. The VA has told us as a lender, hey, we're going to guarantee that loan for 25% of the losses no matter what. Even if they've lost their job or there is no equity in the home or low equity in the home. Well, we want to get their rate lower, their their monthly costs lower, because that might prevent us from having to foreclose. Okay. That's again why VA loans have lower foreclosure rates than like FHA loans and other government related loans. Pretty incredible, right? So that's where I'd say if all things are equal, the VA loan still edges out conventional because it's like your super refinance tool. We can do them quick too. Two weeks, bam, refi, bring your payment down. Wow. It's incredible. Wow, that's crazy. I, I didn't know that. So that is, that's something I didn't think yeah. about because you know I just figured you, you compare the numbers and especially if you're a numbers guy, you get out the spreadsheet and it's like, you know, side by side, interest rate, funding fee, like easy math. Okay. <laughs> what's Conventional, best? easy. Sign me up. Think Sign ahead. me up. Yeah. You, gotta, yeah. you just got to think ahead. And right now that's oh, huge. Right. Why? Yeah, because rates, rates are yeah. high. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's... So when rates come down... And he, Here's the deal in 2000 that I like to say. It's the VA Earl. It's called Earl. I like mm-hmm. to say your favorite Uncle Earl or Streamlined Refi. 
here's the thing. Your Uncle Earl, the great thing about him is he shows up when the bomb goes off. What I mean by that is take, for example, 2008-9. Home values plummeted, caused the Federal Reserve to lower rates. Yeah. And there's a whole other side effect, right? The Fed lowering rates doesn't necessarily mean mortgage rates okay. lower, but typically they're right. together. Right. We're talking about yep. another subject. But Fed cut rates, mortgage rates came way down. And folks tried to refinance because they're trying to bring their rates down. But what happened? They went to go do a refi. And what do you have to have done when you get a refinance? Appraisal. You got to have an appraisal done. You got to check your income. The person lost their job. The appraisal came in and there's zero equity in the home or there's only 10%. And some lenders requiring 20, even 30% equity to do a refi. So all of a sudden, yeah, rates are lower, but I'm still stuck with my higher rate back then, you know, seven, eight, nine percent. I'm still stuck with it. So that's how things just blew up. If you had a VA loan, streamlined, doing favored Uncle Earl, again, no no appraisal, no need for wow. income verification. The VA says, hey, Evan, since we're already guaranteeing that loan, if you can lower it and it's going to save him from getting booted out of that house, do it. Because think about it from the from VA perspective of guaranteeing as an insurance yeah. policy. Hey, we want to help him out. It's actually like, Genius. And now we have some of those things from 2008-9 and from COVID. Some of those ish programs have now been kind of incorporated into other like conventional mortgages, not from the refi. Like there's no there's no VA Earl. There's no Earl on on conventionals. But some of those prevention steps from having foreclosures are in all loan types now, which is interesting. But VA was way ahead of its time for that one. Yeah, that's that is that is amazing. I mean, it it makes backs these loans like all that. All that kind of provides good context, I think, for why they can do these refis so easily. I want to yeah, go. I want to yeah. go because it's, it's, it's yeah. No, go no. I, I just want to go back to the. You know, you're talking a little bit about transition, especially like business owner. Like I'm, I'm thinking of mm-hmm. myself as one. But some people might be starting a business, Definitely. especially in in transition. It's weird, right? Like I'm starting Skillbridge, but then like I might not have a job, but then I might have a job, and like you know things are weird. I've got this VA disability compensation sitting out there that might happen. It might be this amount, might not. How how do folks work through that? Like what a mess, huh? That is a great question here because we were talking a little bit before hitting the record button. For us, that's kind of come as a, a quasi almost niche yeah, within our niche. That's awesome. Degree, right? And helping guys make a transition. And literally every week, there's one or two of those discussions that I'm having to have about navigating that. And especially when you throw in skill bridge. Like I was one of the first skill bridges out of Right, Pat, Dayton, Ohio, there doing the six month program. So I got to see all this stuff firsthand. Try doing the same thing, buying and everything while on it. So the thing is, it's really tough and you got to be cautious of. And we'll get a, a hair technical on it. But if you're one of those guys transitioning out, one of those guys or gals is saying, Hey, I'm getting out in another six months yeah. or nine months. And you got to think about it this way for the VA, the one of those, one of those minimum, one of those minimum standards is that you have what's called a one year continuance on your income. So you got to have one year continuance of expected pay going Mm -hmm. forward. So if you're getting out and it's six months from now, all of a sudden that military pay goes out the window. Can't use it because you got to have proof that you have at least a year longer and ideally indefinite income coming. But you got that separation date. So a lot of folks might tell you, hey, that's it. Come back to us once you're out and you have your job. Not necessarily the case. So there's a unique thing that we work with all the time. And that's job letters. And the deal there is that if you ultimately have a job letter with a future employer, and that job letter, it has, well, there's three major things to it. It's full time. It states your pay 
And if it's hourly, it says by the hour and it's at least 40 hours. Or if it's regular salary, it shows your salary pay. And it has no contingencies, meaning you don't have to, I like to say, take a drug test or complete a degree. As long as there's no contingencies on it and it says you're ready to start, then we can work off of that income as long as you're going to start the job within 60 days of closing. Mm. So when we work back with some folks, let's say you're getting out in six months. Then they're like, okay, cool, Evan. That means I can close on a home two months before I get out. I say, yes, but maybe it's even earlier. So then the question is, well, are you on terminal? Are you doing terminal? Some folks like to line it up so you can kind of double dip, right? You can be on your new job plus still have another 60, 90. Heck, with COVID, we're one person right now has got like 100 and I think 10 or 120 days. It's absolutely nuts. I didn't know that could happen now. You can have like yeah. half a year of terminal, it seems yeah. like. So if you got a lot of terminal and you start that job earlier, the key for us is we're going off that job letter. Yeah. Because you remember, your Air Force pays off the table now. Your your Army pay, it's just a little Army guys too and Navy. So that's off the table. But your job, you're starting it. We can go again 60 days before that start date. And then even think a bit further ahead of that because then folks assume, oh, that means that I can't start looking at homes. I can't get a home under contract. Well, no, no, no. I said close within 60 days. So you can start looking at homes usually 30 to 90 days before that. So now what someone might be told, hey, I'm getting out in six months. Can I buy a house? They were told no. And we just worked back of, well, really, Eric, you're getting out in six months, but you're taking two months of terminal and you got a job that's going to start the two months on before you get now. Yeah. Well, now we can go 60 days before that. So now all of a sudden we're out two months. Heck, let's get you pre-qualified. You better go start looking for homes because you can get one under contract now, close in 45, 60 days. And you're still good to go. Wow. We're within, we're within the period of the job. Makes sense? That's awesome. So it's just thinking through and knowing that. Now, the toughest one, and I want to hit on it here if you're okay yeah, with it briefly. Please. Because I just had to have this talk and I got to have another call oh, here boy. soon with a few more guys on it. Skillbridge, okay. you threw it out there. Yes. That can throw a curveball. Oh, things. yeah. Skill, where Skillbridge throws a curveball is when you're doing it six months out and you're not what we just talked about there, you're not taking terminal, you're going the full six months and you're not starting your job till the end and guys are wanting to move back or move to their new place, that's where you start hitting issues. That's the tough one. So there it's like, hey, again, you got to have that job letter lined up right. But the problem with Skillbridge, right? And show me if it changed, but you can't technically start your new no. job while being on the Skillbridge. Nope. Right? The whole point's not be paid together, right? So that's where sometimes I'll ask folks in, well, hey, is it worth it to do a full six months of Skillbridge or why not four months of Skillbridge? Start your new job, do two months of terminal. Yeah, you lose out on some of the bonus pay for the end, but you're paid while you're on your new job and you can close a couple months early. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Some of those thoughts. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So just know that if you got a Skillbridge, if you got a Skillbridge, sometimes that's one that I'm like, ah, it's just a stinker. We got to work through it. And it's a little bit harder when you're so far out. Like when I when I was getting out, I knew a year in advance. And that really threw some fun monkey wrenches in it, but just something to be aware of when you're, when you're doing, doing your transition. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting. I knew, I, I mean, I knew, is that too no, I knew it got, no, I, I mean, I know it gets complicated. I didn't, I didn't do Skillbridge myself, but that's def- definitely something to think about just depending on like some, I've known some guys that have just like kind of done Skillbridge cause it's like, oh yeah, I could just like get, they're not really looking for a job in that field or they, it was just like an easy one to sign up for. But if if it has yeah. implications yeah. like oh I can't get a loan like I should probably look for a job that that's something to think about as you're weighing you know what to do with all this terminal and Skillbridge and that's that's definitely a consideration. Yeah. Hmm. 
for sure. Just know it can it can change some things yeah. out there. So it's important to take that into account. And that's where, again, <clears throat> we're at least unique that we've been through it. Our company, all military spouses, another vet, West Point guy, fantastic. We get we get a lot of that. Yeah. And so it's understanding it. And then it's just working those scenarios. Yeah, absolutely. Key. Yeah. No, no. Thanks for touching on that. God, lots of, lots of good nuggets in here. I think lots of, hopefully lots of good value for the audience. So I think we'll, I think we'll start to wrap up. What, anything else that you needed that you like wanted to say to folks or, you know, I think we touched on quite a few areas here, just talking about transition and, you know, VA loans versus conventional, like any, anything else I think to wrap it up that you think folks need to know. Yeah, we hit on the big ones, the the myths of it, some of the the change between conventional and not. We hit pretty darn hard. Yeah. Like I always like to say, hitting hard on that understanding, that streamlined refi ability yeah. of a VA yeah, loan, yeah. especially in today's market, where ideally, I, I'm one also when folks say, oh, win rates go down in the next bit. I say, if they do, hopefully they do. That's what we're going to definitely hope. But the key is if they do go back down, the VA loan is by far the best prime loan for you to take advantage yes. of lower rates by yeah. and the other key one is if you're getting pushback from someone saying hey they won't take a va loan or they have a hard time with a va loan please connect them with someone like yep. me who has seen it from all angles using side agent side lender side gets it from all ends because before if you asked me three four years ago i'd have my hesitations with parts of it because i didn't fully understand it now i'm like it is a no-brainer it's one of the unique loan types, probably because of that streamlined refi deal, especially in this market, huge. And knowing that the rates should just be better because my eyes were just opened up to that when we started building this business, that it's important to make sure that, hey, if someone's telling you one thing, make sure you just ask, ask another, get another. Yeah. Opinion. Of course, I'd always, like I said, we'd love to do that for folks yeah. who compare them all the time. About 85% of the time, VA loan ends up being the best bet for that scenario. Yeah. But you want to know why. Right. And so having someone that understands that why is important. And then really for our end, what you're doing with the podcast, man, this is now coming back around for what people to know that got me to just love listening to what you have. And a lot of guys I'm hearing that are trying to get the word out there that are either active duty or transitioning out, understand that, hey, what you're doing, especially if you're transitioning out, there's a lot to it. And for us, it's a really important thing. And be that transition now. Or in another 10, 15 years when you retire, you want to be preparing for it right now. It's important to think that through and know that your home, your house, that's a big piece of it. I know the world right now, refer, a, a lot of the world pushes like investing and buying yeah. things. Well, really, that's a, sub, that's a small subnet niche of people. Our whole goal has been to try to also help people who don't <clears throat> want to necessarily own 50 rentals mm -hmm. to still build wealth with real estate so that when they get out, it goes back to that 20-year client vision where they're getting out without having housing being the thing that forces them into a suboptimal situation. Because what rounds it all out that gets really me and then or one other good West Point guy on the realty side is like for veterans, for getting one, once you get out, be it at any time you're getting out, the mental side of it is huge. Suicide awareness yeah. is big. Yep. That's something that's really important to us because we recognize just how impactful transitions, be it at retirement or separation, are for folks. So really, if I had anything, I'd say don't take those thoughts lightly, especially while you're in, you're thinking, ah, I want to get out or I'm excited to get out or whatnot. Just know 
there's a lot of things to be ready for. Yeah. Going and transitioning. Yeah, so absolutely. We're there for you when it happens. That's it. Absolutely. Man, that's, yeah, couldn't have said it any better myself. I The only thing I'll comment on is I can't believe you hire, you have a West Point guy on the team. I can't believe you let it, let it, let it outsider. Look at that. The realty side, LCSA. Open up that side. All our Army folks, if we get Army guys listening to this, absolutely love working for Army guys, no doubt about it. But don't get me wrong, uh, for this sake of this podcast, it's pre blue, blue. Uh, Air Force yeah. Army game yeah, yeah. in Denver. That's it. That's going to be a good one. We'll, we'll absolutely. Hey, I haven't played football here. I, I love it. No doubt about it. Oh, man. Well, thanks for coming on, Evan. This is a blast, man. Could, could, talk, could talk all day to you about this stuff. Might have to have you on again to talk talk about a different topic or dig back into this. There's just so much here. So I really appreciate having you. And, and yeah, thanks for coming. And you, man. Hey, thanks for letting me work for you and keep doing the good work you All are. Right. Man. Appreciate it a lot. Thanks, Evan. Thank you for joining us today. Do you want the exact financial planning framework that I use with clients? Go visit BaskinFP.com where you can grab a free download of the ultimate military and veteran financial checklist to give you the bluff on what you need to be doing to manage your finances. We'll be back next week with some more content to help you on your journey to financial freedom. See you then.